Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition, today's broadcast of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls, taking your questions, praying together, talking about the things of God together, looking up uh, things in the Bible, uh, talking about life's issues through the lens of Scripture. Uh, we, we can never... Uh, we can never forget uh, the significance of the reality of the sufficiency of Scripture and what God has done in giving us the Bible. Um, and this is a real key, uh, and I, I perhaps for some of you I'm, I need to convince you of this, um, but let's just read the Bible and let it say, say what it says. Peter is the one inspired by the Holy Spirit that wrote to us a very important truth. Uh, it's 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. And so the power of God has given to us as believers all things. And there's no way around the phrase. You can't make it exclusive. You can't make it, you know, like sometimes uh, there'll be those that say Jesus, uh, the Bible says that Jesus died for all, but then some creative person with, uh, you know, twisting up the Greek and reading their own theology in there, it says, oh, no, that doesn't mean all there or everyone. Like this, this can't be any clearer that his divine power is given to us all things pertaining to two things, life, that's our life on earth, and godliness, our relationship with God. How? Through the knowledge of him, the knowledge of him. And in another place, uh, really in the next few verses, um, your word to build upon our knowledge and grow in first in Second Peter chapter 1. So, you know, the word of God is significantly important in your life. That that That's why if you are not in God's word, if you are not in God's word, then you are not growing in your sufficiency in Jesus Christ. And you're not learning and you're not growing. Uh, you are you are not you are not where you need to be in relationship to Jesus Christ. Um, and, and, you know, it's not going to come through uh, buying a book. It's not going to come through getting a CD set, uh, as good as those might be. And they are good, but they all need to get you back into the Word of God, into the weight and the sufficiency of God's Word. So important. Um, and that's part of why Grace FM exists for uh, here, you guys, uh, in Colorado, we exist because we want a steady stream of the word and worship all day, every day to our city, period. 
so give me a call, 303-690-3000, or you can text me. We have a dedicated texting line, 720-336-0897. So I was out uh, last night with the fellowship family at Calvary Chapel in Broomfield, Colorado, and we were talking about some things uh, within the fellowship there, uh, some things pertaining to the new leadership and new pastor, Kevin Utili and Ashley, uh, that are leading the ministry there. And somebody asked a really uh, interesting question. I thought it was great. And they wanted to know uh, what is the emergent church or and, and how does this church differ from the emergent church? You know, we don't hear much about the emergent church these days, uh, unfortunately, uh, because it takes on a new uh, name, a new genre. But when the emergent church first came on the scene, it was uh, really a repackaging of an old false doctrines. And it, and it's, it's not a monolithic movement. That's what makes, it makes it hard in some degree to, to actually explain exactly what the emergent church is or what the emerging church movement is, because it's not monolithic. Uh, if it was monolithic, then we could say this is exactly what it is, but it's made up from all sorts of uh, backgrounds and differences. And uh, the essence of this particular um, movement is trying to be uh, take the take uh, the culture and respond to the culture. Uh, respond to the and and I have to be clear here because the emergent church's failure is not responding to the culture. So that's kind of like the official uh, definition, but that's not a bad thing uh, to respond to the culture to take the word of God that is completely true and unchanging and apply it to the present condition. That's what missionaries do. Uh, you know, I've tried to teach our church for years that we're all missionaries here in the United States. Uh, we, we, we are missionaries at work. We are missionaries in our family. We, we have to take a mission mindset. Jesus came on a mission, and we're on his mission. And so the, the postmodern influences uh, from the culture now infiltrated the church, and basically... Um, the emergent church is very much postmodern in its thinking, and and here let me read to you a, a line. It says the emerging church movement falls into line with basic postmodernist thinking. It's about experience over reason, subjectivity over objectivity, spirituality over religion, images over words, outward over inward, and feelings over truth. Uh, and you know. Th- that is, some of those things are just ridiculous, but some of them, of course, we want to, I've always looked at, um, I've always looked at things, or at least attempted to look at things as a leader, as it's not always either or, it could be both. Like, for example, experience and reason. Well, we can have both of those. Subjectivity and objectivity. Well, we absolutely already have both of those, and our subjectivity has to be submitted to the objective word of God spirituality over religion, well, who in the world wants to be bound by some religion? Um, And yet, at the same time, we don't want just empty, syrupy spirituality. Images over words, again, those are, you can have both of those. This doesn't have to be either or. Outward over inward, you can have both of those. Feelings over truth, and I don't don't think feelings trump truth. 
uh, but feelings need to be submitted to truth. Um, but at any rate, the essence of the emergent church, in my view, it's just liberalism. Um, and you judge a movement by its doctrine. And false doctrine, uh, definitely, um, depending on what emergent church you, you find, you know, they'll deny hell, they'll deny um, clear things that Jesus taught, just ridiculous. And so the question was, um, what makes us different? Um, and and I, the, I believe the question context was Calvary Chapel, you know, this Calvary family of churches. Well, you know, the Calvary family of churches is dedicated to the Word of God. And so the Word of God is going to be the final word on, on our doctrine and practice within the church. And we're going to teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. We're going to instruct the church and equip the church, equips the saints for the work of the ministry. We're going to answer all our questions from the Word of God. And we're going to teach through it from Genesis to Revelation, all of the Bible, not just some topical sermons. And, and not. we're not going to take the current movies of the day and make Bible studies out of them. I, that's just, I don't, I, I don't understand that personally. I, I, I do understand the attempt to somehow be relevant, uh, and I'm not opposed to using a, a, a current movie as an illustration, of course, but to actually show clips and teach a Bible study from a movie and say, well, you know, the movie's demonstrating this biblical truth. It, it isn't. I mean, it's a stretch. There's certainly redemptive themes and, you know, things. So uh, I know we're launching off into this. Maybe you have an opinion, a biblical opinion on the emergent church. Maybe you're an emergent church pastor and you want to make your case. Um, and and you might say, well, I don't even, you're not representing the emergent church right. Um, well, I challenge you to give an alternative, true representation. Uh, because... Just because a church is trying to become culturally relevant doesn't make it emergent. Just because a church is uh, wanting to, uh, a, a leadership of a church is wanting to factor in experience, I mean, for goodness sake, the Holy Spirit's ministry in our lives in pointing us to Jesus Christ is to help us experience the presence of God in our lives. God didn't save us to put us into seminary and to put us into school so we could just be studiers our whole lives. We're to be disciples followers, obedient men and women, children of God. I think sometimes it, the way the Bible is presented, like we're, the Bible is put out there just so we could learn it. No, it's not just to learn it. We're to learn of Jesus and follow him, denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following him. And so it's not just for, the Bible isn't just for studying purposes, it's for life change. It's for revolutionary life change in our lives. And and only the way the only way life change is going to be ex- exhibited and and seen is through action and obedience. Uh, so I thought that was a great question and I didn't give such a thorough answer last night, but it was great to be with the body in Calvary Broomfield. Uh, we're so appreciative of the 35 years of ministry of Richie Fure. Some of you guys know Richie Fure. He's been in uh, the metro area serving here for 35 years and he's retired now. And he's going back into music. You know, Richie Fure, uh, although he's been a Calvary Chapel for 30, a pastor for 35 years, he's also been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, because he was with, with bands like Buffalo Springfield and Poco. And of course, you guys that are younger don't know anything about these bands, but you should look it up. They were cutting edge in the 60s and 70s. And, and uh, Richie was a big part of that music scene um, in a huge way. 
and he's he was he's touring now going back into music so he's not there's not a retirement like god has always bridged uh his ministry with his music and he's got this audience that's so much broader and i'm so excited for him and nancy as they launch off uh and and so being up at broomfield yesterday you know uh it was a great time um a little difficult of course but great time talking about the things of the lord praying opening the word and and allowing it to speak to us answering some questions it was a glorious time so pray for calvary chapel broomfield pray for your local church don't forget them 303-690-3000 all right let's go to tommy in loveland colorado tommy welcome to the program hey pastor ed how you doing hey i'm good hey i need you to explain some scriptures to me so i uh, start with one i know the the old testament you have uh pictures of christ all over it um you know for example uh noah is a picture of christ samson is a picture of christ moses is a picture of christ etc etc um but then I get to Judges chapter 19. And so that's the chapter, the infamous chapter, where the Levite has his concubine. They go travel, and basically there's, you know, she, she gets raped to the point of death. Um, and then he cuts her up and sends her body parts all over Israel. Um, when I read that, it seems like there's, uh, it seems like there is a picture a bigger picture at play, but I'm just so confused at what that might be, and just wondering if that that's something you could shed some light on. Yeah, I mean, to the question of do we see a picture of Christ in that particular episode in Judges, I, I don't, I don't see it too much in the cutting up of a concubine and warning the tribes about their uh, idolatrous ways. Um, but you know, if I if I was looking for some connection to the teachings of Jesus, Jesus certainly used a graphic illustration uh, in his teaching when he said, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Uh, and, and so I may, if I was teaching through this, I may try to connect that to them. But the, I think the lesson in Judges 19, the overarching message, is that sin there is a high price to pay for sin. And this was a, a radical... Um, you know, a completely radical decision that was made. It wasn't. It wasn't directed by God. It wasn't the the direction wasn't given by God. Um, it was. It was something that the Levite took upon himself. But uh, it's pretty graphic. If you have to, you know, it's a. It's it's pretty graphic as he chops this woman into pieces and sends to each of the twelve tribes as a message. Um, when they received it, um, you know they they still didn't even res- they didn't respond to the Lord. Even after they received such a graphic message, and you know, you you, I think with the Levite, he also he also typifies what the whole theme of Judges is, and that is everyone did what was right in their own eyes, and that's what he did. He did what was right in his own eyes, and by by seeking this um, message, he wasn't told to do this by God. But I don't really see a picture of Jesus in it. Okay. Yeah. Well. No. Thank you for your time, then. Okay, thanks, man. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Phil is in Aurora. Phil, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Uh, so, again, my question is, um, my, my brother, uh, he um, he went to Christian high school and Christian college and um, went, you know, professing to be to be a Christian and seemed, seemed to be. Um, and uh, he was struggling with um, same-sex attraction. And, okay. uh, but now he's pretty much 
getting himself fully over to that. Okay. And um, and so basically, you know, his and his justification, he goes to a a gay affirming church now, and, and he says, okay. you know, it's it's not a sin. <clears throat> sure. And he, like, he would use like, you know, Leviticus where the prohibition about homosexuality right next to the prohibition about mixed fabrics. And sure. say, you know, that that, and, because we don't do that, then we don't need this for that. Sure. And, and uh, in the same section is a prohibition against murder. So do we dis, do we toss out murder too? Right. I don't, yeah, so, I you don't know, they're think, the thinking, this thinking of justification is, is really not consistent. I, I always appreciate a good biblical argument, but I never appreciate, uh, and I, I don't appreciate when people aren't consistent. Uh, and it's unfortunate that as as your brother is is looking to um, experiment in this sinful behavior, that he has to find a church that agrees with him. Um, and if we ask the question a different way, you know, if we ask the question about, "Hey, my uh, friend is an adulterer, and he found a church that says adultery is okay," um, what do you think about my friend? And I would just say, I think your friend is in great danger and and I would say your brother you know I don't know his heart and certainly there's backslidden times where people can go do their own thing but when you come to the Bible and you just completely wholesale reject a portion of it even to the point of trying to find another church that agrees with you I would be very very concerned about his eternal soul because that doesn't sound like a true believer to me that's that was kind of my my follow-up question was basically this sort of do I, should I be, I guess, should I be concerned about he, maybe he lost his salvation or maybe he wasn't saved to begin with or whatever, um, since his faith and his deeds are kind of not necessarily matching up? Yeah, I mean, I, I would be concerned about him. I mean, I think anyone living in sin, whether it's, you know, there's a, and, and I would want to make a distinction uh, in terms of this new phenomenon known as same-sex attraction. You know, there's a difference between the temptation of homosexuality and the actual action of it, you know, and the identifying of it, uh, you know, the, 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 and what the world calls identifying, uh, the Bible calls sin. So if I, if I want to identify as an adulterer, then, and I participate in adultery, I'm an adulterer. There's just no way around that or a fornicator or a thief or a liar. Um, and same with the sin of homosexuality, but but the person that is dealing with same-sex attraction is most likely only dealing with temptation, and I'm grateful that temptation is not sin, right? Because if mm-hmm. temptation was sin, then Jesus would be the greatest sinner on the planet Earth because he was tempted in all ways, <laughs> like man, but without sin. And, and so there's a difference between temptation and wholesale sin, and, you know, if with your brother— I I think that I think a good dialogue is in order um, because if he if he said well you know and because it's such a hot button topic today uh, people get caught up in the emotion of it so I always try to change the the category a little bit and keep it in the sexual sin area but say you know I just want to I just believe that marriage is I'm going to marry a woman a man and a dog that's what I think marriage is and and then we say well the Bible the defines marriage one man one woman so where'd the dog come in how is that possible um where did you get that from and and then i i like to put it back on the people that are identifying themselves in sin i want a healthy dialogue i'm i'm not in judgment on them because i'm not god 
Um, Jesus said he didn't even come to condemn, but to rescue and release. Um, But neither am I going to accommodate um, the sinful thinking of someone and just erase what the Bible says. You know, I did a whole study on this in particular because of this argument. Well, you know, it's it's in the same section. uh, The prohibition against homosexuality is in the same section of how what kind of fibers you use in your clothing and. And that's just a categorical problem for people. They don't understand the moral law of God and the ceremonial law of God. And the moral law of God never changes because God never changes. But the ceremonial law, it does change because it's applicable to a generation or it's applicable to the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. They, they needed to have clean, sanitary uh, commitments. And, and they also needed to learn how to obey God. And so he gave them stipulations. But homosexuality didn't disappear. Um, you don't see that repeated in the New Testament that dealing with fabric, but you do see the prohibition against homosexuality repeated in the New Testament. And one of the arguments that comes up in this dialogue too is, well, you know, Jesus never spoke on homosexuality. Really? I mean, are, are you sure? Because in he, he spoke on homosexuality in an indirect way. And one of the indirect ways that he spoke on was his definition of marriage. You know, Jesus defined marriage. And he defined marriage in the way to also affirm that it's not his desire for divorce. And he affirmed, the, I mean, because he's God, he affirmed the biblical definition of marriage as one man and one woman. And, and so I think that if your brother allows you to talk with him, I mean, I think you're one of the best people that can talk with him because you love him. He knows you love him. And, you know, let's make this a Bible discussion. Let's not make it an emotional discussion. Let's make it a Bible discussion. And and go ahead, bring all the liberal views from the church you're going to right now. And let's really let the Bible solve the problem for us. Yeah. Kind of addressing, you know, addressing the, the biblical you know, verses and but in love as much, you know, as much as possible. um, Yeah, yeah. what else is okay, you know? Because where does it stop? If we start start defining, if we allow culture to define what the Bible really says and means, I was just reading yesterday of uh, uh, um, the school, I forget what school district it was, I think it was on the East Coast, uh, has allowed, in a a foot race, they allowed... Uh, anybody to run the race by the gender they identified with. So it was a girls' race, and two boys identified as girls, and they let them run the race. And guess who won? One of the boys. Guess who came in second place? One of the boys. And and you just have to ask, when's it going to end? Uh, why don't we allow God to to define gender? That's what He did. He did define gender for us, two genders, male and female, so that even if someone goes through a, a surgery or does all the changes that's able to do with medical technology today, if you take their DNA, their DNA still identifies them as God created them, male and female. There's no third or fourth or fifth option. And I think even just reasonable logic would tell you that, but the Bible especially tells us that. And... And that the problem is is that these discussions get so emotional, and we just need to pray that God would open the door for you to communicate with your brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, oh, thank you very much. You're welcome, my friend. Uh, call, keep in touch with us, you know, because I, I would love to even invite your your brother to call the show, um, you know, and he could do it anonymously. He doesn't have to, you know, we're not here to expose him. He doesn't have to identify with you or anything. Say, so, hey, I was my brother called. Just we'd love to talk. It'd be a good conversation for people that are listening in as well. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe he'd be interested in that. Okay, fantastic. All right. Uh, well, would you want to? Uh, would you want to pray for him? I would love to. I'd be honored to. Father, we pray for for this man who is in a very difficult uh, season in his life. Um, part of it, he's brought upon himself through his decisions, and and I just pray against these gatherings and these leaders that call themselves churches that are not teaching what the Bible says and twisting it to their own ruin and to the ruin of their hearers. It's just like the ancient day Pharisees where they were misrepresenting the true character and nature of God. But I'm also in prayer for those that do have the truth, but also misrepresent your character and nature, God, by being mean-spirited or being hyper-judgmental instead of dialoguing and loving the person, seeing past the sin uh, or even the perceived sin and speaking to the person in the power of your Holy Spirit. So would you enable us to do that, God? Would you enable us to communicate your love and your grace and your mercy, your truth uh, and, and your hope in ways that we know that the message of the gospel is offensive, but we don't have to be. We don't have to be offensive. And I just pray for those that are wrestling with this same-sex attraction, with those that are truly confused about who they are, what their identity is. It's so prevalent. And would you give them clarity, God? Would you give them um, you know, this sense of belonging that comes from you, not just an identifying group on the earth today? Because we know that heaven and earth is going to pass away, God. These identifying groups won't be around anymore. And, and what's the point of wasting our lives with something that isn't going to last? But rather, I pray for this man. He's raised in a godly way. The gospel has been presented to him. And, and again, we don't know the status of his life, God. But the lifestyle he's chosen to live right now is very concerning. And we commit him to you, God. And I look forward to meeting him one day or talking to him one day uh, that... That would just be a glorious opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Jacob in Aurora on the Emerging Church. Jacob, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. How are you doing? Good. How are you? A lot better than I deserve. Uh, we were talking. You were talking earlier on about the emergent church, and I thought I'd share my experiences, or at least of some of the things that I've learned. Great, do it. Um, I was uh, growing up and doing a lot of soul searching when the emergent church started doing its uh, or started showing up and becoming really popular. Um, I got to read a lot of the uh, books put out by a lot of authors from the emergent church. Phyllis Tickle um, actually does a rather interesting one on uh, on the faces of Jesus and on the Reformation. Um, but as far as I can tell, the, uh, the emergent church started off as basically uh, a lot of, um, a number of people who were discontent with the, uh, basically like a status quo Christianity, and like the kind of Christianity where you go to work, you 
pay the church to let the pastor do pastor things, and then you go about your life not really caring, which was a really good place to start. Um, and what it what they decided to do eventually was to uh, basically say, um, instead of like treating the church as like a biological organism or something that's like truly alive in the spirit, like okay, what can we what can we cut out? in order to make the church as mm. absolutely simple as possible. Hey, Jacob, um, you hear the break, so I, I don't think you're done with your thoughts, so I'm going to put you oh, back sorry. on hold, and uh, we'll come back, uh, and you'll be the first up, okay? Hey, this is Calvary Live. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back. Glad you're here. Glad you're tuned in. Glad you are making Calvary Live a part of your daily uh, life, both on uh, Grace FM Hope FM, Truth FM, online at gracefm.com, and we're grateful to to provide this show to you. and And it's I think uh, before we get Jacob back, because I know he wasn't finished with his uh, with his, with his thought yet. Um, I, I just want to remind everyone and encourage you, maybe for the first time, that Calvary Live is not a show where we argue theology. It's not a show where you get the platform to argue your point. You aren't going to, you know, it's not, it's not that way. There are other shows you can go to AM dial and you can call those guys and argue and get, get involved in all the crazy disagreements of the world or even the disagreements of the church. We're not going to do it here. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, this is a show to edify and build up. It's a show to pray together, talk through things. Um, of course, we aren't going to agree on everything. You're not going to agree on everything I say, or or I'm not going to agree everything you say. That that's okay. That I'm not speaking to that. But we're not going to argue about it. Um, and I'm certainly not going to argue about it. And 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 I want to train you not to, how to disagree without arguing. Um, how to say I don't know. I don't. I don't think I buy that. And this is why. But but not to cut a brother down, not to destroy a brother, not to confuse. We, we just aren't going to do it. This is That's not this show, ever, never. Uh, when, we, when, when this show was put upon our hearts to start, because, you know, uh, on KRKS, and you guys here in Denver, I know, if you're not in Denver, you don't know, but uh, on the other station, the Salem station in town here, Gino Geraci is back on the air, Pastor Gino. He's the pastor at Calvary Chapel in South Denver. Now, he's not an arguer, so I'm not saying call there if you want to argue, but he is a genius uh, when it comes to theology. Uh, he is a genius with Bible difficulties. And that's another show. There's another whole other station you could go uh, if that's the kind of show that uh, you want to participate in. He's a great brother, very, very, very good friend of mine. Uh, and um, um, he has a little bit of a different show. He's more of a Bible answer man. Uh, and this show's... Although we are answering Bible questions, it's not so much a Bible answer man show as much as it is a ministry pastor. You know the pastors, and every pastor is different. So you have Monday's Nick Cady. Uh, Nick Cady is seminary trained, so you know he you get a flavor of uh, of real strong theology for him. I appreciate that. Jeff Figs, you know he's just I love that guy. He just is such a neat bro- brother. He's on Tuesdays, uh, and he has a flavor of how he does his show. I do the show here on Wednesdays and Thursdays. 
And then Pastor Eric from Rocky Mountain Calvary, he does it on Fridays. And again, another great personality, just such a great mixture. Uh, so when you when you do call, you want to call. Uh, we aren't, um, we're not going to argue. And if you're a known arguer, you won't get on the air. It just won't happen. Sorry. Uh, this show belongs to the Lord, and and He's not gonna. He doesn't want arguing. We're pretty clear on that. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Jacob was in the middle of a thought. Jacob, will give you a couple more minutes uh, to finish up your thought on the emerging church, and really to get to what your experience was would be great. Sounds good. Uh, basically, my experience was uh, just with a community that uh, was really excited about uh, trying new things and experimenting with different ways to be the church, uh, yes. which started off really good, and then it kind of turned into. Um, uh, after leaving the tradition of the Church, saying basically, okay, can, uh, leaving the tradition of the faith behind as well. And uh, the I think the first thing that started uh, being lost was a doctrine about hell, and whether or not heaven is exclusive at all, and whether or not heaven is uh, is a gift to us through the blood of Christ. And that was basically my experience, and that's when I started tapping out. I mean, that, that, I think that, the, again, you know, sometimes people come up with really good ideas in terms, like this whole idea of cultural relevance is not a bad idea. Uh, it's actually a very good idea if the Bible is driving it. Like, as long as the Bible is the driving force, then being culturally relevant it is, is important. I mean, Think about it this way. Do you have do you, do you have kids, Jacob, at all? Yes, sir. Uh, so would you talk to your wife? Would you explain a difficult truth to your wife differently than, than in a way that's different than you would explain that same difficulty to your youngest kid? Oh, absolutely. That That's a form of cultural relevance. Uh, what what it, or contextualization is another word that we use today where, of course, we would talk to kids differently than we talk to adults. And I think... As we assess our culture, um, we definitely want to, to take the Bible and its truths that are un... And so you guys listening in, you're like, oh my gosh, Ed, what's happened to you? Well, what do you mean what's happened to me? The Bible is true. It's absolutely 100% true. It's reliable. It's trustworthy. It's unchangeable. It's immutable. And our culture is constantly shifting. So we have to be able to take the Bible that never changes and adapt our methods to reach a lost and dying world. For example, I'm I'm not going to mention cassette tapes in my Bible studies anymore because there's a whole generation that doesn't know anything about cassette tapes. I have to tell it when I do, I make a joke out of it. And like cassette tapes, we're we're not we're not using cassette tapes anymore. Right? Do you even right. Jacob, you sound young. You probably don't you probably never even use a cassette tape. <laughs> I have a few <laughs> sitting around, haven't used them in a while. <laughs> You know, you got you. You grew up on the CDs. The guys grew up on. Now, you know, people are growing up on Spotify. Like, they don't even recognize the reality. So we have to change our method. The methods change, but the Word of God, the truth, never changes. And I say all that to say we can start out with a good idea, but if we're not rooted in the Word, the good idea is actually a bad idea. And that's where the emerging church messed with doctrine. And they let culture influence doctrine instead of doctrine influence culture. That is my experience exactly. Well, thanks for sharing it, my friend. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great day. God bless, man. Bye-bye. 
303-690-3000. Kim has been waiting patiently. Kim, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. You're on the air. Oh, hi. (laughs) Um, Hi. Okay. I'm just struggling. I'm reading Jeremiah right now. Yes. And I don't get it. I'm really, like, he just, he fails every step of the way. He's been, like, punished. And I'm... I'm just curious, like, why was this put in the Bible? What am I? What am I supposed to take from it? What am I supposed to learn? Okay, great. Um, Jeremiah was a prophet of God. He's a messenger of God, and he he came with a message of judgment, right? Because the children of Israel are in. Babylonian, uh, because because the children of Israel defied God's word and refused to repent, Babylonian the Babylonians are going to come and take them captive. And so Jeremiah came as a messenger from God to list for them the reasons why they're going into captivity, their moral failures, their spiritual failures. But he also was a pro- what he was also a messenger of God's hope and restoration. And his ministry, if you want, we you know what we call ministry today, is is a great example on many different levels. For example, there are people listening in right now that feel that identify with with what you just described, Jeremiah, just failing, uh, at least feeling like they're failing all the time, feeling like they're not making any progress. Um, you know, sensing that man of all the work I'm doing, nobody listens to me. They beat me up. They throw me in a ditch. Uh, they, you know, all of that. And yet, as you're reading Jeremiah, and you'll get to the end, but so far of what you've read so far, is Jeremiah what we would call a successful pa- uh, prophet or an unsuccessful prophet? What What do you think? Well, I'd say unsuccessful. And from the world's perspective, that's exactly what we would think. Man, this brother's not making any progress. Not he hasn't. He doesn't have one convert. But in yeah. God's eyes. He's absolutely successful because God measures us not in the end result. We're not responsible for the end result. We're simply responsible to be faithful. And Jeremiah was sent with a message revealing God as patient and holy. Uh, He was was sharing the message of, hey, God, you know, you're going to be judged, but God has been gracious. He's delayed this judge. And he makes these strong appeals to repent why don't you guys just repent? And remember, one of the greatest one of the greatest pictures that we've used in all of uh, the Bible is actually in Jeremiah eighteen, uh, eighteen and nineteen. Remember, he goes into the potter's house as an illustration, and mm-hmm. he says, "Go into the potter's house because I'm going to show you something." And he and the picture was a man at the wheel with clay, and and there's the man, he the potter. He represents God. The clay represents the people, and. Uh, in uh, in that illustration, the wheel represents life and and the difficulties. And so, um, as Jeremiah goes in to see it, God's revealing to the people that um, He's God and He can do whatever He wants with His creation, especially when they rebel and sin against Him. And so, Jeremiah has a very important part uh, in the Bible as it reveals a his time in the history of Israel that uh, uh, unveils the disobedience of. Judah um, and Israel, the disobedience of Israel and Judah and the Babylonian captivity. Okay. 
So there's a couple of resources I want to get you. A couple of things I would, that will really help you with these difficult times when you're reading the Bible. Um, The first resource I would, I would encourage you to get is something called Haley's Bible Handbook. Okay. Haley's Bible Handbook. It is a very small condensed summary of all the books of the Bible. And H-A-I or H-A-L? I think it's H-A-L-L-E-Y. Okay. Uh, another great resource that I've used throughout the years is something called Talk Through the Bible. And it's spelled T-H-R-U, Talk Through the Bible. And every every book has the same, it has a, a, a summary, a timeline, uh, then it gives an introduction, tells you who the author is, where he came from, the date of the book, what the theme of the book is, and what the keys are, and where do you find Jesus in the book, and how, why was it put in. Let me read to you, um, talk through the Bible, what is the contribution of Jeremiah to the Bible? Uh, let me just read you the entry. It says, while Isaiah is generally chronological, Jeremiah is not. Following the order of Judah's last kings, this is a possible arrangement of his speaking. Josiah, Jehoiada, he names the kings. Then, then the next paragraph, Jeremiah presents Yahweh as the sovereign creator and Lord of all people and nations. His love is holy and his compassion is righteous. As the only true God, he hates idolatry and the immorality it produces. Loss of reverence for Yahweh leads to moral degradation and disillusion. During the course of Jeremiah's life, there are many changes, and he starts listing the changes and then gives a summary of the book. It's just so helpful to give you the big picture of where a book fits in the Bible. Wow. Thank you. And then one more for free. Yeah, let me give you one more for free. Um, Mm -hmm. it's uh, It's a website. It's called blueletterbible.org Okay. And that's got so many different resources on it from a very trusted source uh and it, it's it takes some time to find things but these handbook the best things everybody listening the best things you could ever get as a library to build your library is a good bible dictionary and a good bible handbook. Those two things if that's all you had to study the bible with you'd be ahead you'd be so far ahead. I can't tell you how many times I just look something up in a Bible dictionary. Very cool. I will check those out. Thank you so much. That that makes a lot more sense. That's <laughs> oh, a great question. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> There's kind of like you know a thousands of people listening right now that feel the same way because you're reading through the Bible and and the Bible doesn't read like a novel. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. it's built upon. There, you've got to understand some of the background to put the pieces together. And so, it's a great question. Well, thank you very much. Okay, God bless you. Bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. And again, the the best things you can add to your spiritual library, and I mean, I would encourage you to get the physical books. I know you have apps, and there's the Bible app, and there's probably other apps. I, I use Logos as a Bible study tool as a pastor, but get a good Bible dictionary and a good Bible handbook. Talk Through the Bible is one. Haley's Bible Handbook is another. And and then I use a variety. I have a lot of dictionaries, but one of them is Nelson's Bible Dictionary. And I, I was just looking up something today. 
And I was looking up something yesterday. I'm always looking uh, in Bible dictionaries. They just uh, have good, quick answers. Not necessarily super thorough, but enough to get you the gist of it. And uh, I talked through the Bible was introduced to me because it's in my study Bible. Like they took it and integrated it into the Bible I've used for 20, 28 years. Uh, what are we in? It's 91, 20, 27 years. And um, that's why I'm so familiar with it. And I appreciate it. I use it a lot. 303-690-3000. Oh, Deborah from Ocean City, New Jersey. Hey, Deborah, guess what? I'm going to be in Ocean City in a week. No kidding. Whereabouts are you going to be in Ocean City, Pastor? Ocean City is the is the 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 Methodist. Isn't there a Methodist? Is there a Methodist thing at Ocean City? Yes, there's a Methodist church, and there is uh-huh. a tabernacle, which is what yes. the Methodist, um, the foundation of Ocean City, I believe. That's right. Was We're going founded, and the tabernacle is um, yes. That's that's yeah. quite the place. So Bridge are you going Fest. to be visiting, or, or are you going to be preaching, or what are you going to be doing? Yeah, I'm coming out because um, Bridge Fest is happening, uh, and from Bridge Radio. I know you're probably listening on right. Hope FM right now, yes, but uh, yes. on, on Bridge FM, they have their annual Bridge Fest, and so I'm going to be out. I'm going to be teaching one of the sessions. We're going to be doing a Q&A there, and then I'm teaching at in Howe, New Jersey, um, okay. At Cornerstone with Chris McCarrick, I'll be teaching there on a Sunday. So I'm. I think that Bridge Wonderful. Fest is is uh, when is it? It is in June, uh, June twenty third. So that's next. Uh, I'm gonna say a week from Saturday. Tuesday or it's a Saturday. It's a week from hey, Saturday. Right, because right, Monday's the eighteenth. Well, you know what? I will look for you. <laughs> yeah, that'll be cool. It's a it's a great thing. But anyway, sorry for being distracted. Okay. You have a much no, more. That's an exciting thing, and I'm sure you don't get too many calls from Ocean City, New Jersey. I would hope you would. But we don't. I've never actually heard from somebody in Ocean City, well, New Jersey. I'm glad you called. I'm sure there are numerous other people waiting. So, uh, Pastor, yes. what I uh, what I'm struggling with right now is. Um, I have a 24-year-old son who's been battling heroin addiction for the last six years. Um, mm. He's been in and out of jail. He's been in and out of a few rehabs. The last rehab that he was in, though, uh, was a, a, a wonderful uh, recreation of himself, let's say, because he became someone who we had hoped that he could be once he... Um, let go of this addiction and gave it to God and understood totally what that meant to do that. He is born again. He was at a very early age. Um, but unfortunately, this is a horrific epidemic, especially in our area. Um, my, my struggle, my personal struggle is being a Christian woman and a mom, and my husband's really battling with this too as well, and our other sons. That as Christians, you know, we, we want to show that love and we want to show that compassion, and uh, we've done all those things in our daily life with him. Uh, we recently had to have him leave the home, though, and we've had to do this a couple times over the past few years, but we did it again recently, and um, it's just very difficult because we struggle with the fact that we want to be what we think and hope that God would want us to be for him, and that would be to nurture him and take care of him and, yeah. you know, and show him what he needs to do. But at the same time, it is it is very toxic, and we almost feel like Satan comes into our home when he's there and he has been using 
Um, so we asked him to leave. And uh, we do see him in town, uh, yes. which is very difficult. But And I'm sure he looks at us as, you know, you're my Christian parents. How can you be doing this? You know, how can you yes. say you're Christians if you would do this to me and, um, and, and put me out here like this? We hear right. from everyone else. You have to do the tough love thing, and I'm sorry, but I think the tough love thing really stinks. Um, I, I just don't know, and I guess my question is, um, biblically, and I know we are to love the sinner and hate the sin, and the sin is the addiction, the sin is the drug, um, but having him just wander the streets, I, I just I am battling with that, and yet people who have experienced the same thing with their children or loved ones Say that that's what needs to be done, you know, to make them. Well, let, let me help you. Let me help you sort some thoughts out, okay? Because I don't have the answer of exactly what God wants you to do with your son, right. but I can help you some. I can help you sort some thoughts out. Um, n- number one, your home is a godly home, right? Yeah, one that that lifts up the principles of of Jesus Christ. You you live to yes. obey and please Him, right? Yes. Yes. And there, there are certain things in your godly home that, that you allow and you don't allow. Absolutely. Right? And that if the choice to uh, do something that isn't allowed in your home is going to bring consequences of some sort. Correct. For example, if you and your husband, let's just put it in the context of you and your husband, if X is not allowed in your house and you bring X into it, there's going to be, something's going to happen, right? We don't know what, but your husband's right. going to talk right. to you about it, right? <laughs> I mean, right. I don't know how right. it's going to end, but it's not going to be pretty to begin with. Exactly. Um, so whose who's fault is that? Is that the person that brought X into the house, or is it the person that got mad? Who, who are concerned? Whose fault right. is it? Yes, the person bringing it into the house, yes. Right, so there's a responsibility factor here that, that your son being on the street it is actually not your choice. It's right. his choice. Your home is always open. He will always yes. be a son. He will yes. always be loved by you and cared for by you. you. If he knocked on your door right now, you would hang up the phone with me and you would run to the door to check on your son because you love yes. him so much. Yes. And in order to be in your home, your son has to respect the relationship um, it, it is your home. Yeah. And if he wants to and, shoot and, heroin up. Yeah. And, uh, not to interrupt, but I, I, you know, I agree a hundred percent and, um, you know, we lift him up in prayer and we, we've, you know, I have some amazing prayer warriors, uh, that, uh, faithfully pray for him. Um, yeah. and so we know, and a woman told and shared with me last evening at the prayer meeting, um, that she went through a similar situation with her son, who was an alcoholic, and um, yes. they put him out. And she said, and as she watched him walk away, the first thing she thought is, God, I love him, but you love him more. So yes. I know that you're going to take care of him. And, of course, there's no guarantee if he's if part of God's plan and our prayer is that, you know, he will come to his senses. He will fall to his knees in a mighty way, and he will he will see that God wants to work in him continuously, and um, that's our prayer. We hope that's God's plan, that that will be answered, but we know that that's, you know, that's not for us to know. And so I appreciate, you know, the thought, and I know there was no magic answer in the Bible, and we've been looking, and everything you said is pretty much what we have 
felt and, and, and thought. And let me, so. can I, I also want to speak to one of the things that the call screener put on, and that was, do we do trough, trough, tough love or compassion? And my answer yeah. is both. My answer yeah. is both. I don't, I don't think they're, they're counter, uh, I don't think that they are mutually exclusive. I think you're always going to be a mom. And so you see him on the street, you'll give, you go give him a hug, you go get him some food, you, you enjoy him as a son, you reach out to him. And I know he's going to be mad and I know he's yeah. going to be upset and I know he's going to blame. And, and I know he's in a bad space right now. Um, while, um, for me personally, I never got into heroin. I got into a lot of bad things. I brought a lot of grief to my parents. Uh, I lived, I brought a lot of grief to my wife to my son as a, as a person given completely over to alcohol primarily yes. and drugs yes. and God delivered me and it was a Amen. painful process. You know, yeah. I, my parents were very gracious. Even my wife was very gracious, although she was ready to leave me. You want to know who wasn't so gracious? The court system, uh, oh, the police. Yes. <laughs> uh, what, when I started dealing with the court system and the police and they started emptying out my bank account and I was facing jail time, I mean, I, I just think with your boy that we pray whatever it takes to bring him to a place where he realizes and accepts and receives the love of his parents. And I know that addiction is horrific. I mean, we're dealing with that in our church uh, with yeah. many people, and it's just controlling, and it's demonic, and it's physiologically it sucking the life out of your boy. But God yeah. is the healer. He can free your boy. He can deliver your boy. And we have testimony after testimony in our church family of God delivering those that were so far away and yeah. they're back. And that's what we pray for your boy. I appreciate that, Pastor. I thank you so much for that. And I look forward to meeting you over in Ocean City. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I will make I... sure I will make a point of uh, Great. making sure that I, 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 I won't stalk you, but <laughs> I will look for you. And, uh, <laughs> and maybe well, I would love to meet you. I have some better news to share with you. I well, thank you so well, much. And, uh, can I pray for your boy? I, I'm richly blessed by this program. I listen every day, every mm. night. And uh, it, it, you are, you are uh, a blessing to many people. And uh, thank you for sharing all that you do. You're very welcome. Can I can I pray for your boy? Oh, would you please? His name is Jacob. Father, we we pray for Jacob right now, wherever he might be. Who knows? He might be listening on the radio. Uh, and well, this isn't going to air for a week, so maybe the timing of the Lord is of you, God, is going to be next week. And he hears his mother's love, and there's yes. just something special about a mom and her love for her son that melts even the hardest of hearts. And, and I know Jacob's got himself into a real tough spot, and um, he is in a bondage to these drugs. Um, yes. And I pray that you would deliver him. Um, he isn't able to do it in his own. He's not going to be able to fight this fight alone. Uh, no. Even the things that led him to drugs, Lord, even the things that he is trying to mask and medicate, uh, the, you are the only solution. And so wherever yeah. he is right now, whatever he's into, uh, whatever, wherever street corner, whatever dive house he's in, would you guard and protect him, God, and yeah. bring him to the end of himself? That maybe even within a week's time, I'll get to meet him in person, shake his yeah. hand, pray for him, and encourage him in you, Lord. And until yeah. then, we wait, and we wait patiently. Give Deborah and her husband wisdom on how to effectively care and love for their boy. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pastor. Safe You're welcome, Deborah. I'll, I'll pray you here. Thank you. Thank <laughs> All you. right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night.
Hey, thanks for calling, you guys. We're coming up to the end of the show today. Again, we have services this weekend here at Calvary Aurora uh, at 6, 6 p.m. on Saturday night and 8.45 and 10.45 on Sunday. We're in the book of Hebrews. Uh, I think we're starting a new chapter this weekend and just working our way through verse by verse. When we finish the book of Hebrews, I'll be able to say that I've taught the entire New Testament verse by verse to our church family here at Calvary in Aurora, Colorado. I'm not the fastest, um, but I'm also not the slowest, so can't wait till one day if the rapture doesn't take place that I could say before the church, I'm not shunned to give the whole counsel of God. Um, but we're, So we're doing it. Wednesday nights we're in Second Kings, uh, and that's a full service. You know, we, we have community together, we worship together, uh, we pray together, we fellowship together, we study the Bible together, just like Acts 2.42. And then on the weekends, uh, we study through the book of Hebrews. And, and I just love the diversity of our church and how uh, the diversity of worship, um, the different guest teachers that get to come in, and uh, um, just the, the pastoral team that teaches. It's just a great church. So grateful to be a part of it. It's our church home. It's where our kids have grown up and where our family's grown up. And I'm telling you, it's a wonderful body of believers. So wherever you do, go to church somewhere. Worship Jesus this weekend. Love you guys. Thanks for allowing me to be a small part of your life. Have a great day in Jesus. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.